0: 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit
1: it. The coronavirus pandemic threatens a worldwide wave of sickness. But it's the healthiest thing to happen to government power in a very long time. It'll leave the state with a rosy glow. But our freedom will end up more haggard than ever. For the sake of their survival, all animals experience fear. Human beings, perhaps most of all, wrote economic historian Robert Higgs. His 1987 book, Crisis and Leviathan, examines how bad times cause governments to grow in scope and power. The people who have the effrontery to rule us, who call themselves our government, understand this basic fact of human nature. They exploit it and they cultivate it. Whether they compose a warfare state or a welfare state, they depend on it to secure popular submission, compliance with official dictates, and on some occasions, affirmative cooperation with the state's enterprises and adventures. Or, as Rahm Emanuel put it in 2008, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And what I mean by that is an opportunity to do things you think you could not do before. The Federal Reserve has become the default doctor for whatever ails the U.S. economy, noted a skeptical Wall Street Journal editorial board. But economic fallout from the virus relates mainly to the damage to global supply chains and expected limits on travel and commerce as the world tries to mitigate the rates of infection. Nobody is going to take that flight to Tokyo because the Fed is suddenly paying less on excess reserves. And will stimulus spending repair disrupted supply chains and put production lines back into operation a minute sooner than demand for goods and services dictates? Not a chance. Public health has long been a playing field for fear and calculation, giving us intrusive laws that sit on the books, waiting to be invoked by the next microorganism to catch the public's attention. Those laws include a nearly unlimited power to quarantine people suspected of exposure to infectious diseases coronavirus will leave behind a residue of laws, spending, and precedents for future government actions. That's because of what Higgs calls the Ratchet Effect, by which the aftermath of each crisis sees government shrink a little, but never back to its pre-crisis status. Thus, crisis typically has produced not just a temporarily bigger government, but also permanently bigger government, he wrote. So, even after the public panic retreats, the politicians' calculations subside, and coronavirus becomes more knowable and treatable. We'll be left with the permanent swelling of government caused by this latest crisis. <laughs> Hold
2: up.
3: Welcome. This is Lou Beninger. This is No Hostages Radio. And this is our 51 episode. Or if you like 51st or 51th episode. And uh, this is on uh, March 21, 2020. Welcome. This is in the uh, You're All under the spell of the uh, kung flu or the wuhan flu flu, or the flu that the chinese created if you wonder how come everything starts over there that's because they don't mind their health habits over there they're pooping and not wiping they are uh, eating anything that crawls they're spitting all over everything they don't they don't use good hygiene methods over there First time I went to the Great Wall of China, when I went to use the toilet, it was just a stone platform with holes in it. And you just squatted. It was freezing. It must have been like 10 degrees. And the poop was piled all the way out the holes, you know, like the porta potties, the hole. But this wasn't a porta potty. You were outdoors, men and women. And you just squatted, and nobody was cleaning anything out, so the poop just looked like a uh, a frosty sticking out the top of these holes. You'd think, oh, why does stuff start in China? It's because it's gnarly over there. And if you're too politically blind and correct and blind to sort that out, stupid is and stupid does. You're just an idiot. But that's the way it is. You need to go out more and visit communist countries where it's just funky, right? That's how it was when I first went to right out in the early 1990s. They were still wearing mouse suits and riding around on black bicycles, hundreds of thousands of them, hardly a car in sight. And people just did their business and the animals were in their business. Rats were in their business. And people were eating all kinds of creatures, and there was no, uh, there was no ag department to make sure that animals were clean. They just killed animals and ate them. That's how you think. Oh, how come we're always calling it the Asian flu or the bird flu from Asia, or the this starts over there, the swine flu that starts over there, and on and on and on and on. Well, it because that's the where it starts right just call it as you see it when aids started in the homosexual community what are you going to do say it started with the with fifth graders or third graders come on don't be stupid stupid people die quick well uh thank you for listening today we're going to be here for about six segments 20 minutes apiece with a little education in between and we're happy to have you there's lots of Places you can listen to some really cool stuff on these podcasts. And uh, so I don't know whether you found us through our website at nohostagesradio.com or whether you stumbled across us through some podcast source, but No Hostages Radio is is us. And uh, we're going to do our best to kind of cover some interesting topics today. Always try to do my best. Otherwise, I just don't do anything had a friend, a young friend I'm trying to help, and she said the other night, she said, Lou, I was thinking about going and having a drink. Why don't you come and have a drink with me? I said, the problem with me having a drink, maybe you can just have a drink and just go on your way, but problem is me having a drink, I'd probably smoke a blunt, and then I would quit everything and just smoke a blunt in the morning and just continue doing that all day until the evening, and go to bed and then start the next day and retire from everything. So um, – Anyway, we got some good stuff here, and um, thank you for listening. Oh, Lucy, listen, contact us. You can reach me on my phone at 530-713-1838. You can text me at that number, 530-713-1838, or call me up. If you get a voicemail, it just means I'm on the other line. I don't really – I'm not picky about who I talk to. A lot of people say, oh, Lou, I, I'm always careful about who I give your number to. I said, don't worry. The criminals have my number. I'm sure you're giving it to nice people that obey the law. You never know who's going to be a criminal nowadays. Could be somebody that's respectable looking. You think? Oh, I thought that person really was uh, supposed to be representing the law, and they were breaking the law all all along. Let's see. Uh, the other way to get a hold of me is at a web uh, uh, email at Lou. Called Lou L O U at no dot Okay, Lou at no dot Shoot me an email if you want. At the website, you can look at some articles I write if you're interested in reading. Some of you don't read anymore. I know you just listen to stuff, but there are articles on there two per week, and uh, those are articles that I that actually appear in hard copy at the Territorial Dispatch or on the online at TerritorialDispatch.biz. Well, I thought I would, instead of getting right into the coronavirus or the Kung Flu or the Wuhan Flu. By the way, if, before you say, you can't call it the Wuhan Flu. Listen, I've been to Wuhan, uh, and that's where it started, and I, I know more about Wuhan than most of you out there, so I'm going to call it what I want. But I wanted to talk about uh, Patrick. This last week was uh, normally St. Patrick's Day. They say it happens on the 17th each year of March. And I've always been fascinated with St. Patrick or Patrick. Saint is just a term that the early church called followers of Christ. You didn't have to do anything special. You just have to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And they referred to believers or followers or converts as saints. You didn't have to become like Mother Teresa or something, something. But they call it St. Patrick's Day, right? Um, but I didn't really learn anything about Patrick, even after converting to Christianity back in the nineteen early 1970s. I really didn't learn anything until almost the 90s, and the guys that I worked for at Church of Glad Tidings sent me to a course called Perspectives on the World Christian Movement down in uh, Pasadena, California at the old Point Loma Nazarene campus that they took over when when the Nazarene people moved over on the coast. And so I was down there, and I, I learned about all these early— uh, I, I learned about the church movement or the Christian movement from the very beginning when, when Jesus uh, re- was raised from the dead. And uh, so I learned about Patrick. I thought, my goodness, all I thought about St. Patrick's Day is leprechauns, which I guess we'd be calling them demons now, and, uh, or these creatures, and green leprechauns, alcohol, and uh, corned beef and cabbage, I guess, right? But Patrick is a pretty cool deal. And I think we just, what did we do? Did we just finish, or are we finishing Black History Month? And if if you're an ignorant uh, public school kid that's been indoctrinated by the socialists, you think that Americans were somehow had a penchant for enslaving people. But they actually didn't. They got in on it, and they bought some slaves, but they weren't slavers. They weren't over there. Uh, catching people in Africa or any other place. But the other misnomer or misunderstanding is that the um, it was the Western world that was doing all the slaving. Actually, the big slavers were the Muslim world. And there were also slavers um, among Europe, in Europe. And so Patrick was captured. He was born in England to a well-to-do family. But as a teenager, he was captured. It's, it, 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 you could look at all these old movies and stuff about those years in the uh, 400s where where these barbarians and people would just come in and attack villages and uh, rape and pillage and steal people, stab people, beat people to death, and they would take uh, people, men and women, hostage and go back to their home. So Patrick was abducted uh, and taken to Ireland where he resided, and, and they they used him as a worker for maybe a number of years. He was a teenager, and they used him as a worker. But he was a follower of Jesus, and he began to pray continuously. The Bible says, Paul says, pray continuously, the Apostle Paul. Patrick sought God, prayed, and, and in a... A dream or a vision he got it god came to him and said uh, a boat is going to take you back home and uh, just like uh, when the angel came to mary and joseph and said get out of town leave egypt they're going to try to kill this boy uh, uh patrick was literally led to a ship that took him back home and he reunited with his parents but he began having eventually after years of being in england he God began to speak to Patrick, go back to Ireland, which he did. And um, so um, he went back to Ireland to take the uh, message about Jesus Christ to the barbarians that were Irish. They were slavers. In fact, it's interesting. Most people think that blacks were brought to the United States only to be slaves. They were actually brought all the all up and down North and South America, to be slaves. But also Irish were brought to this country to be slaves. Most people don't think about that or don't know about it, never heard it. But um, Patrick uh, was taken, and uh, so he went back to these barbarians that he'd lived with for many years, and he took the gospel to them. Uh, His actual name was not Patrick. It was Maywen Sukkot. M-A-E-W-Y-N-S-U-C-C-A-T. So he kind of took the name Patrick when he began to (coughs) lead the church in in, um, Ireland. So he, he went back to England after six years of bondage, after giving a spiritual vision, and uh, then in 433 A.D., he returned to Ireland against the wishes of his family. People say that he baptized, he converted and baptized something like 120,000 individuals and established over 300 churches. Now, that would be a modern Paul the Apostle. Apostle just is an, is an old term that just means church planter. And so Patrick is known as as an apostle to the Irish, and uh, he civilized that country that was full of uh, violence and uh, demon worship, human sacrifice. It was gnarly. Uh, By Patrick's death, by the time Patrick died in March 17, 461, the Irish ended their slave trading. Now, you never hear that in America, do you? You always hear about somehow Americans are slave traders, which is a total lie. But when you're wanting reparations, when blacks want reparations, and blacks, the charlatan black leaders that we have in America today, when they want all kinds of affirmative action and all this kind of crap, they always want to blame it all on white people that immigrated over here, and they had nothing to do with the slave trade and it was it was uh patrick in in the late 400s that stopped the irish slave trading now the rest of the world didn't stop slave trading till the 19th century or what they call the 1800s he was 1400 years ahead of his time patrick but because of his influence uh he was able to get that change made uh He did some amazing things the The Irish like him because he wasn't a pussy he wasn't a sissy he actually he had some Spaldings and he didn't take any crap from people, different from religious sorts today uh I'm just. I'm scanning through just some high points of notes here. Uh, he was not a Catholic. The Catholics sort of adopted him later. And you know how you end up, a, have you ever met an Irish priest? There's lots of them, right? So there was a tremendous move of God in Ireland, and it produced a lot of people going into the ministry. And a lot of them chose going into the Catholic Church ministry, becoming priests. So you meet lots of Irish priests, don't you? And the church, of course, had a big influence in the Hispanic world, so you you run into a lot of Hispanic priests as well. But Patrick was a, a hero. He was fearless because he had already suffered greatly as a slave, and he knew that God's hand was on him. God delivered him after six years of bondage and then sent him back after a number of years in England. Um Patrick in in a if you want to read something he wrote it's called Confessio C O N F E S S I O which uh he describes himself as a sinner in the uh, opening lines and acknowledges that he was not a good Christian and that he did not know the true God when he was kidnapped and forced by his slave master become a shepherd. He also admits in Confessio to a grave sin at the age of 15 that he never really describes in detail. Uh, But it prevented his religious, he said it nearly prevented his religious uh, return or appointment to Ireland 30 years later. So he went kind of later in life, middle-aged guy by that time. Uh, He said he prayed sometimes a hundred times a day when he was suffering as a slave. He prayed as he stayed out in the forest and on the mountain and before daylight in the snow, icy coldness, and rain. Now, if you've ever been to Ireland, which I have, I visited on my way. I was going to Uganda, and so on the way back, I stopped in Ireland and spent a week with a lady I met. Down in Mexico, and she took me for a tour of Northern Ireland. Went to Dublin, met some of the people that were involved in the, uh, the fight between the IRA and the Catholics. There was the Protestants and Catholics, and there was twenty-foot-high walls dividing Belfast. It was fascinating. I wanted to learn more about the fight over there, and uh, so she gave me a personal tour, and uh, and even went to the graveyard where Patrick was buried, supposedly. So anyway, that's Patrick. But in America today, just like Christmas has been dumbed down, and most people don't even know what Christmas is about other than Santa Claus, and Easter now is spring break, Christmas is winter break, and we've just become secular, secular, secular. And of course, St. Patrick's Day, um, most people don't even have a clue, not even church people. Isn't that interesting? They, They just don't have a clue. So, uh, that's St. That's Patrick, or Patrick. Or, if you want to go by his other name, Maywin Sukkot. That's his real name. And uh, he is, when you look at how people that have impacted the world for Jesus, you have to do a lot to get up there and... Patrick's realm of 120,000 or so people and 300 churches he started. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, Okay. I wanted to um, talk about some of this coronavirus stuff or the Kung flu or the Wuhan flu or the Chinese Something, something. Started in China. And I've been into a lot of these cities in China from the work I've done over there. And uh, even in the most modern cities, you have these markets that sell live creatures. And uh, they're slaughtered there. There's open markets where there's blood spattered all over the place. They're not clean. It's just not clean. You'll see food hanging up. Flies all over it, food laying on the concrete, chopping meat up on the concrete. It's just gnarly. And it uh, doesn't mean you're going to get always get sick, but it can happen. So I want to talk here after the break about the difference between Italy and some of the history of how this thing got so screwed up over there in Italy. Was it the pasta? Was it the olive oil? Was it the mafia? We'll be right back. We're going to uh, have a little clip here. Bad Laws Cause Homelessness Crisis. Check it out. We'll be right back.
0: Where is the poorest, dirtiest, most depressing slum in the world? In Haiti? India? Africa? Is that what this is? No. I'm in America. One of the richest parts of America. Highest rents in all of America. This is San Francisco today. Encampments of street people everywhere. Some pitch tents, planning to stay a long time. Some have mental problems. Vampires are real and a paranoid is all hell. Other street people complain about them. They run around
4: and they shout at themselves. They make it bad for people like us that hang out with a sign.
5: Oh,
0: oh, bitch, bitch, did come a Some people shoot up in plain sight.
6: It's nasty seeing somebody actually shoot up drugs like right there. The police don't do anything about it. They'll get somebody for drinking a beer, but they'll walk right past. People using needles.
0: Every day in San Francisco, an average of 85 cars are broken into.
6: They're called
1: smash and grabs.
0: Inside Edition left things in a car to test how long they'd last. Not long.
7: Watch as these Bonnie and Clyde wannabes stroll up and peer inside our car. They wait here for the sidewalk to clear. Then the thief throws up his hood.
0: There you go, you just broke in. What's
3: going on? Hey guys, good, everything good
8: today? Yeah.
0: Since store owners can't rely on city cops to deal with the masses of homeless, some hire private police to patrol around their stores. Cody Clements works this neighborhood.
8: A lot of times, because somebody who pays for our service calls and says, Hey, there's a homeless uh, group of people setting up a camp in front of my business on my residence. Can you come ask them to move?
0: There used to be hundreds of private cops like Cody, but then San Francisco's police union complained. Now there are fewer than 10 left. Can I just have you guys stand up for me? Cody offers help to people living on the streets, but most turn it down. Well, do you need any type of homeless outreach services or anything? All? San Francisco is generous. It offers street people food stamps, free shelter, train tickets, and $70 a month in cash. I don't use any resources, but they're they're always offering resources. San Francisco is just a good place to hang out. Like many, these two come here from out of town. Do you like the lifestyle? Of course I do. As you just heard, they love the freedom of not having to follow the rules. So the homeless stay on the streets, and every day new people arrive. Some residents want the city to get tougher with people living on the streets. Let's get them to the point where they have to make a decision between jail and rehab. And there's a way we can do that. Other cities do it, but for some reason San Francisco doesn't have the political will to. San Francisco's politicians have promised to fix the homeless problem. They've promised that for decades. If there is a problem involved in housing a homelessness, you've got to do something about it. As part of the city's program, the homeless were to be temporarily
9: housed in hotels.
3: 1,000 units right here in the Tenderloin. We have already moved 6,000. 860 human beings.
9: So we need to fund programs
0: like Homeward Bound. But the extra funding hasn't worked. The number of street people has grown most every year. One reason is that even if some of these people wanted to get off the street to rent an apartment, there aren't many apartments available. Most of San Francisco looks like this. Three-story buildings, maybe two apartments per building. You can't add on to that. It's illegal. Because of that, housing that exists costs a fortune. This doesn't look like an expensive neighborhood, but these houses sell for millions of dollars?
3: Millions
6: of dollars.
0: What if I come in and I bought this property and I want to put up an apartment building that would house a bunch of people?
6: Yeah, too bad.
0: Laura Foote's nonprofit runs ads that try to convince residents to allow bigger buildings to say, Yimby, yes, in my backyard. But good luck with that. Even in liberal San Francisco, People don't want that.
4: I would hate it. I would hate it. I think it'd be really congested.
0: Where will people live? I'm not sure. You're a builder. Go build stuff. Let me build. John Dennis has been trying to replace this grimy old building. This has been a defunct meatpacking plant. It's been empty for at least 15 years. He wants to turn this into this, which would house 60 people. But it's taken four years just to get permission to build. And all that time we're paying property taxes and we're paying for maintenance of the building. People in San Francisco often claim to be all about helping the poor. But their policies make life tougher for the poor. What's your next project in San Francisco? No more projects in San Francisco. I'm done. I'll never do another project.
3: We're back. This is uh, you know when this uh, broke out in China, I think most of the Western world has pretty much concluded that the Chinese government uh, which is really common for them, they, they were deceptive and they lied. and they, they let this get out of hand and it's common, very common. I, I had a team planned to go to China, and I can't quote you the year, but it was the year that SARS had broken out. And right before we were ready to leave, we were buying our tickets, and about half the team, I had a bunch of young people going with me, and about half the team uh, decided to not go because people were dying in Hong Kong and people were dying in Beijing from SARS, a respiratory illness just like this one. And uh, so we went ahead and and we went over there. And in the United States, nobody did jack diddly about it. And uh, in China and in, in Beijing, it was, they killed a bunch of people. So uh, it started there by the, uh, a, a civet cat was, was sick, C-I-V-E-T, cat, and uh, they ate it. And then that, that illness got into the human strain, human population, and then it just spread like crazy. Um, so how do things get spread around? There's been this talk that we're in in America that we're 10 days behind Italy. Now, I just read today where Italy has more deaths from the Kung flu than China has. Is that amazing? It's totally out of hand in Italy. And so people say, well, 10 days, Italy has this many deaths. In 10 more days, we're going to catch up. We're going to have that many. It's totally baloney. There's so much. I, I had a friend of mine. I won't even say his name because he. I try to protect him, so he doesn't like to get in the trouble I get. But he called it, instead of a epidemic or a pandemic, he called what's going on in the United States a panic-demic, a panic-demic. People have lost their friggin' mind. So they say they're 10 days behind the Italian catastrophe. It's a total crock of crap. Don't believe it. So here's the difference between Italy and us. The whole thing all along has been, you know, last year, I think it's between thirty and 40,000 Americans died from the flu. Nobody wept over it except the people close to those. But you didn't see any big articles about it. Uh, You didn't see a business shutdown. You didn't see masks. You didn't see gowns. You didn't see quarantine. It's just every year people die of the flu. Who dies of the flu? mostly people that are screwed up already. Like I say, if you've got a funky Pinto, don't try to drive to LA and go, go over the grapevine. It'll probably conk out on you and you'll bury it up there on the grapevine somewhere. So <coughs> a lot of, a lot of old people in this country, in every country, they're like a broke down Pinto. Some of the parts don't work anymore. It still runs kind of, but it, it kind of just chugs along. And, uh, so the older you are, the, the weaker your parts are. Just like I replace parts on my car, then I replace place parts on my body. That's just the way that is. I'm replacing parts here, replacing parts there to keep everything going. The older you are, the more susceptible you are. Your immune system ain't what it used to be. That's just the way it is. That's why a kid can get a cold and just power right through it. And an adult get a cold and have to go to bed get all wrapped up layer after layer heating pads and a kid will just plow right on through it. So they say they being the, the, medical people in the United States that people over 65, it doesn't mean every person just because 65, there's no magic age that that's a target on your back. If you're, if you're not healthy, you could, you could have a 65 year old medical condition with 40 at 45. You just wore out your body you wrote it hard put it away wet and so in in Italy when you look at countries of the world they have the oldest average age in the in the in the world of 190 some countries except for Japan Japan's older the average age uh, the average age of people that are dying in is 81 from from this disease in Italy. It's not killing 50-year-olds or 40-year-olds or 30-year-olds or 20-year-olds or 10-year-olds or 1-year-olds. So the average age of those dying in Italy is 81. That means there's people lots older than that are dying. Average age of people dying from this virus is 81. Italy has, they, they, they not only eat a lot of good food over there, That's not killing them, but they have the highest percentage of smokers over there in Europe. It's kicking their rear end. The other thing is, is they have a lot more physical contact than Americans. They hug and kiss when they greet each other. So that's really good in normal times. A lot of love. They're spreading the love over there. But if if you're not well, You're spreading the Wuhan flu, right? The other thing is that they are part of the Silk Road China Economic Initiative. That means that the the Chinese are buying up Italy, and they're moving Chinese down there from Wuhan. They're moving into Italy. Can you believe it? You didn't hear that? Well, that's not my problem. That's your problem. If you don't know what's going on in the world and you think, oh, I don't know how it got started in Italy. The way it got started in Italy is some Chinese folks went down there and they exported it down there. They went down there sick and they shared the—they just shared the disease with everybody. And it got started. Italy is a part of the Silk Road. You never heard of the Silk Road Initiative? Well, you know, that's not my fault. Go look it up. So Wuhan is connected to Italy. The other thing is, the fourth thing is, the single-payer, their single-payer health care system is collapsing. You remember that's what Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama and John Garamendi, who we, we're stuck with here, uh, at least for a while, unless this gal running against him can beat him, we're stuck. He loves single-payer. He's a white Barack John Barack Obama Garamendi and their system is failing. So instead of like Italians having their own personal doctor and going and seeing him, they end up, they tell them people to go to the ER. You got a, got a problem, go to the ER. So what happened is within a few days of this thing started, their ERs just totally collapsed. They couldn't handle the rush of people that were sick. The other thing is, I, if you've been hearing, uh, like the talk out on the town where I am today in Northern California, the talk is this new drug that, that uh, they've developed. Thank God to Donald Trump, because normally it takes 100 years to build a highway or a, or a water desalination plant or a dam or a building— or anything around here, and it takes 100 years to get any kind of medication on online. Well, this, they've developed some medication overnight because the the President of the United States said, screw all this bureaucracy. In fact, we don't even need you. Just pack your crap and go home. We don't even need you pushing paper. I get tired. I just get tired of this. We have the ability to do things very quickly in this country. If, if you say, oh, wow, China built a hospital in eight days or six days. Honestly, that could be done here as well if you'd get the idiots out of the way that we're paying $100,000 a piece for. I told somebody the other day, I felt like this whole virus thing, living here in Northern California, that I'm on Noah's Ark and there's mentally ill running the thing. So Italy is not using the antiviral drugs that have been proven successful in North Korea. North Korea is staying on top of their situation because they're using a couple uh, antiviral drugs. One of them it has been used effectively with malaria, but it's also helping here. But they wouldn't use it in Italy because the, the screwy organization called the WHO. That's what I say is WHO. UN and WHO. World Health Organization hadn't approved it, so Italy, well, oh, that's not good. So anyhow, and where it broke out, and where it broke out in Italy is right where all these Chinese folks are living. right? Because they're developing Italy. China is going in buying up everything all over the world, wherever resources are, they're buying it up. So if you think you keep hearing, Oh, Italy, we're just like, we're just like Italy. No, we're not just like Italy. We're a lot younger than Italy and we're not smoking as much as Italy and we don't have the respiratory problems as Italy and we're more prepared than Italy and we got a better, we don't have a screwy uh, Obama healthcare system like Italy and we don't have Obama. Pelosi healthcare system like Italy we've been fighting against that system and we're resistant to that system that system's killing people so, so article here says MIT biologist says fear mongering on coronavirus will go down as the biggest fraud to manipulate cor- economies some people are, oh this is just Or no, it isn't a big fraud to take down the world. March 11th, World Health Organization, who declared COVID-19 a global epidemic? The virus, which originated from Wuhan, China, has claimed over 4,000 lives with 100,000 infected cases. People read that in panic. You know, there's 7 billion people, somebody, most of the people today have failed math. They just can't handle the math. If, if you just Google, do this for me, educate yourself, Google the top 10 things that kill Americans and you will get yourself an education. Like what's killing us anyway? Some of those top 10 things. One of them is we kill ourselves. No, we don't poison ourselves to death with alcohol or drugs. It's talking about we shoot ourselves or we hang ourselves or we run head on into a pole. That's one of the top 10 killers in America. But others is heart disease, respiratory diseases, flu, influenza, stuff like that. Kills a lot of people. So um, some think it says the panic over coronavirus is overblown and could possibly do more damage. I'm telling you the panic over coronavirus is going to, collapse the economy of the country people are not going to be able to pay pay any of their payments their house payment their car payments you tell them to go home and they can't work people most people can't work from home you think a mechanic's gonna be able to work for home it's great a contractor is going to work from home so i i put a clip in today in fact it's coming up next by shiva dr shiva Guy's a sharp guy. And um, he talks about the, the uh, he gets into the, exactly what happens when that little bug, that, that little cell, that virus cell, tries to, it's smaller than your cells, little tiny thing, tries to attach and penetrate one of your cells, the coronavirus cell. And uh, he tells how that happens. And he describes it in that video clip I'm going to play you in just a minute. It's really cool. And he tells you that if your if your body is loaded up with vitamins A, D, and C, that that thing, it, it sloughs it off. He'll describe it in the clip. And you can buy these. You don't have to have a prescription. You can just go down to your local pharmacy or at, like, big store right box store and buy aid in fact i i have an ad combo and you can buy c really inexpensive and c you can take as much as you want and not overdose it you'll just pee it out so you can just load up with c and then take your a and d and it will cause the your cell to be resistant to when that thing comes and wants to drill through there and get in there if i, if I can use that term drill through And then get in there and your system, because it doesn't recognize it, just totally freaks out. And that's when you say, man, I'm feeling funky. That's your immune system getting all lathered up about it. Anyway, this uh, Dr. Shiva, S-H-I-V-A, he's a MIT PhD in biological engineering. This guy stayed in school a little longer than I did who studies and does research nearly every day on the immune system. He's an immune system guru. He says the coronavirus fear-mongering by the deep state will go down in history as one of the biggest frauds to manipulate economies, suppress dissent, and push mandated medicine. It's interesting. The timing of this virus is right at the time when there was all kinds of protests, in in Asia, against the communist Chinese government. Shiva graduated from MIT in '86 with a degree in electrical. En- this guy is smart. He, if you if you had trouble with Common Core, that you might want to just smoke one right now. He graduated from MIT in 1986 with a degree in electrical engineering and computer science. After selling his company, he went to the MIT media lab and got a master's degree in animation, focusing on how to present scientific data visually. He also holds a master's degree in mechanical engineering from MIT. In 2004, he returned to MIT, can't stay away from the place, to work on a PhD in systems biology, a relatively new field that integrates biology, engineering, and computer science. If that didn't get your head tweaked a little bit, I don't know what what should. So uh, anyway, there's a lot going on. Now, uh, we, we're we here in Yuba-Sutter counties. Uh, I live in a twin city, Yuba City, Marysville. It's called Yuba County and Sutter County divided by a river. So I know I'm talking to some people from some other states here, but uh, you probably have some precautions going on. About cutting down on the spread of anything, like if all this social distancing and all this—you uh, know—it's now politically incorrect to use the term quarantine. That's that's like that's like a, a conservative, harsh deal. Quarantine—it's social distancing. I went in to get a cup of coffee to meet some guys a few hours ago, and the waitress said, "Stand back, stand back up." She was like a a social distancing Nazi. She said, stand back over here. We got to take care of these people up here first. Stand way back over here. I thought she's probably the one going to come down with something. She's so stressed out that her immune system is going to be down. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be brushing up against people, hugging people, and just be happy having my coffee. And my immune system going to kick the butt out of that. Just kick that Kung flu right out of my system. I ain't going to put up with that Kung flu. So in up here in Yuba Sutter counties they're declaring that everybody's got to stay in their house. I don't know I don't know why. I just don't know why. We got this little Asian doctor that uh taking care of the two counties now she's she's the uh, health officer and uh I don't know why everybody's got to stay in their house. Don't make no sense to me at all. Now, if you want to say if you're not feeling so hot or you're like You've got compromised health issues, you can't breathe, your heart's not working right, you got diabetes, you got all these bugs, you catch everything that comes every 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 year, you get something, every month you get something, then maybe you could say that. But to say you're gonna shut down all these restaurants and shut down all these businesses, how do you think there there is no i I just saw an, an email from a lady that I know back outside of Boston she's a tip person back there trauma intervention and she and her husband run a business she called it a small business when she told me when she wrote the next line i thought girl that ain't no small business they they got a hundred thousand dollar a month nut to turn if you're new to the business deal if you just work in government you don't have a clue in fact you probably couldn't run a you probably couldn't run a a mom and pop taba- ta- taco uh, truck, but they got a. You know, when you close your doors, the ticker still. You know, it's kind of like when you when you don't think you have any utilities on, you go out there and look at your PG&E. That little that little disc that's turning out there, and you think, "Geez Louise, that thing's turning around. What's on in the house?" And you go in and think, "Oh, that's on. Well, that yeah, the refrigerator's on. This is on. That's on. You know." And that we're pulling some electricity and you don't think you're even using the electricity. So in a business, you're paying rent, you're paying on loans, you're paying utilities, you're paying franchise fees, you're paying lots of stuff. You're paying lots of stuff and nobody is doing any business with you. That's just the way business is. So to shut a business down for a month, are you kidding me? A lot of businesses ain't coming back. I'm going to guarantee you, I'm going to be interested, I'll be doing a show on how many businesses in the Yuba area just, did the flu knock them out? Nope. Government knocked them out by making some real stupid decisions. In fact, I told both sheriffs this. I told them, I think I've been managed by a bunch of mentally ill people in this government. Not them. They're they're sharp guys, but you know, I've been learning a lot about this. When you're in government, you are doing a job, and um, if you don't follow the directions of the person above them, above you, and above them, and above them, and above them, and above them, you're going to get kicked out of your job, or you're going to get a lawsuit, and you're going to toe the line, or we'll be kicking your butt. That's what happens. So everybody just toes the line, even when it's stupid. You think, How come people killed all the Jews? And they say, I just was doing what I was told to do. I thought th- I thought they were bad people. I am just doing what I told I didn't you know, I didn't have any hard feelings about it. It's just it's just war. I just doing what I told them. It that's exactly what's going on here in California. I don't know about where you guys are living. We're gonna be right back. I'm listening to this clip by Dr. Shiva. He's a pretty cool guy and he's actually running for office. Be right back
1: Oh what okay.
7: well, better place to talk about the coronavirus than out in the public but I really want to talk about immune health, okay? What's going on, and I want to talk about how viruses first work, okay? And this is really, I'm gonna put my thing down. Let's first of all teach you some basic things about what happens when viral infection takes place. So imagine this is a cell, a big bubble. A virus is like a small bubble. And what the virus tries to do is it tries to invade that cell. Now in the case of the coronavirus, uh, or the, the viruses like the coronavirus, like SARS or MERS, the, the, the virus, the outside of the virus particle, uh, has glycoproteins, it has a sheet. Inside of it is what's called messenger RNA or RNA or or, or single-stranded RNA, okay, to be specific, RNA. So a virus is literally this small bubble. Inside of it is uh, RNA nucleic acids. Now, what's going on here is a small bubble, which is a virus, is trying to get into the big bubble, which is your cell. And that process is mediated by a number of methods. So... If your body has, if it's immune system and it has the right nutrition and your immune system's working properly, that virus will uh, essentially bounce off and we'll talk about that. However, in the case of the coronavirus, it's a variation of the SARS virus. The outer surface of the protein of that virus uh, has the ability to interact with the receptor. People believe it's the ACE2 receptor and that ACE2 receptor is the one that's involved in... Uh, shrinking your uh, vessels because that ACE2 receptor actually creates an enzyme which uh, uh, converts a particular protein to another protein form which actually constricts um, your vessels. But the bottom line is a coronavirus actually, it is believed, lands on that same receptor and then through that receptor, through a channel, the the, uh, RNA particles go into the cell. Now, when they go into the cell, so virus lands... And it has an ability, small virus lands on yeah. the big bubble, which is your cell, okay. and then the virus uh, injects its nucleic acids into the cell. Those nucleic acids have an intelligence to take over your cellular machinery and essentially create more viruses, which essentially uh, continue this process of virus replication. So the most important thing here that we need to understand is that there's all this fear being spread about the coronavirus. First of all, we need to understand that 80%, 90% of the people get it. It's a mild reaction. It's a flu. The people who are dying from this, you know, most of them are people who had some type of pre existing condition or their immune systems were compromised. So this is a critical thing that we should talk about. How do you boost your immune health? So that's what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about vitamins A, vitamins D, and vitamin C. Now, vitamin A is essentially a layering. I'm wearing the jacket here, so the cold doesn't bother me, even though it's cold out here. And vitamin A is essentially a shield which enables, which provides that, Keratin, keratinization, I'm not going to get too deeply into it, but it provides a structural integrity of your cells. Now, if your thyroid is working well, you're taking enough carotenoids and you have iodine and your, and your thyroid's working properly, your body will create vitamin A. You could also take supplemental vitamin A, and that literally shields your cell. It's like a deadbolt to shield your cells from attack of viruses. Now, once if the virus does get in now your body's going to go through the immune response which I've talked about your innate immune system your interferon system uh, your adaptive system the microbiome and all these things are involved this is called your immune reaction now in the normal case your immune system reacts and it modulates itself and uh, you may get some sniffles like the mild reaction you're fine however if your immune system is compromised which means it's weakened by all sorts of things, exogenous things. And what's going to happen is your body going to overreact. This is called a cytokine storm. So it's not the virus that's hurting you, but it's the reaction of your immune system, which has been compromised. This is where vitamin D and vitamin C are extremely important and other things like catechins things that come from substance like green tea. And there's a whole host of things which we'll talk about that enable your immune system not to have this overreaction. So that's what I want to talk about. Uh, uh, that's what I want to focus on is let's start talking about immune health. Viruses come and go. There's trillions of viruses in our body, trillions of bacteria, microbiome. And it's not like everyone's dying, even in Wuhan, 11 million people got, you know, 11 million people in the population, let's say all 80,000 attribute to Wuhan, it's a very small percentage of people who are infected and even a smaller percentage of people who've died. The most important thing we need to start talking about is how do we boost immune health? So you politicians listening out there, that comes through clean water, clean food, and good nutrition, but they don't want to talk about that. What politicians want to talk about, they want to scare us, and they, what they really want to do, in my view, this entire coronavirus is a wonderful opportunity for China to shun dissent. We don't hear anything from Hong Kong. We don't talk about the fact that Wuhan was having massive protests. And here in the United States, there was a there is a growing uh, movement against uh, everyone being t- forced to take vaccines. So. Things like the coronavirus need to be put into context. We need to talk about immune health. It's getting really cold out here, but let's focus on immune health and let's stop scaring people. Let's build up our immune system, clean water, clean air, clean food and nutrition. That's what we need to focus
10: on.
6: Hey, Joe.
5: (laughs) What you doing with that gun in your head?
3: All right, let's see, where are we going here next? Uh, okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to get organized here. Did you notice? Uh, I'm going to talk more about this flu thing. Uh, so it says seven, this article, this is two days ago. In the uh, California globe, seven Bay Area counties in lockdown, unprecedented shelter in place over the Corona virus. So now I think probably the state of California, all 58 counties are going to lock down unless there's some rebellious ones up there in the far north state. Um, it's this is so fascinating. These liberals are running this state, right? They wanted open borders. That means they don't want to check anybody. No health issues. They don't want to check anybody. They don't want to check their criminal history. They don't want to check whether they're bringing in gonorrhea, um, whether they're packing AIDS. They got full-blown AIDS. Not checking anything. In fact, did you remember Obama? I've been thinking about Obama last week with this illness stuff because he was in there when the swine flu happened, right? And Obama... Remember, he flew people from Liberia that had Ebola. He just flew them right in the United States. Took care of them here and infected some people here. Do you remember that? You talk about stupid, really stupid. So, uh, the only allowable exceptions on this lockdown is you can go out for get, you can go to essential work. Essential work is not like building a house. Essential work is if you're working at the hospital, medical facility, if you're working at a grocery store, pharmacy, stuff like that, or you can go out to purchase food or other necessities. <clears throat> but no, there's no such orders for large homeless population. It's interesting to me how the <clears throat> the liberals, it's just with the homeless population, it's hand hands off. They can like hug they can be sleeping on top of each other, they can be getting high, they can be out they can they can be anywhere they want, anytime they want, touching people, no social distancing, just living in squalor. So the so the liberals, they they are okay with just instead of just like forbidding people to poop on the pee on the streets, they actually create jobs for people to go and scoop poop up off the streets like we're back to the days where horses would poop on the streets and you ever notice that in westerns you ever watch a cowboy cowboy western show you know uh, tombstone or something they never talk about what they did with all the manure on those horses quite a problem don't you think but liberals find no problem with typhus hepatitis b all the all the hepatitis right in the homeless population, pooping everywhere. And some judge says, says, well, I don't think you have a right to hold people accountable until you provide them a free place to live. You talk about stupid. These people have been educated beyond their intelligence. So the California Globe talked to Drew Pinsky. He's uh, some sort of an expert, right? They asked if the virus could be the epidemic that spreads through the homeless population. Pinsky said it absolutely could and has been one of the biggest concerns as the homeless are immunocompromised. Some of the people I know that work with my trauma intervention program are immunocompromised. That means their body does not have the ability to fight off a big old funky virus. If you're immunocompromised, you're going to be vulnerable to bad outcomes. <clears throat> so, the new order down in the Bay Area are criminally enforceable and go well beyond Monday's stepped up calls for increased social distancing. Interesting. So according, as of March 15th, there were 392 positive cases. That just means people are not feeling so hot. Does anyone that's listening pay attention to how many get sick every day in your community or die in your community? I don't really w- read our local paper, but every, every day in the local paper, it's a seven-day-a-week paper. There's a whole, whole page of people that drop, drop dead. Just people are dying every day, and nobody is staying awake at night worrying about it. There's forty some thousand people, forty thousand people plus dying of opiate deaths. You think we'll get that high with this? I don't think. I don't think we're going to get this, that many deaths with this worldwide. I don't even think we're going to do just in America. Opiate deaths over forty thousand. We're probably we get about twenty five, thirty thousand suicides a year. And uh, in California, the the people are getting sick. We got 246 people in the 18 to 64 age bracket, probably right up towards the 60s, right? Most of them. 65 plus, 135 cases. You got a half dozen cases of teenagers, but they're not dying from it. Um, 75 cases were travel-related. Seventy five person to person acquired, eighty community required acquired, one hundred and thirty eight are still being sorted out. So uh sixty eight US deaths, did that rock your world? It's it's a it's piddly. It's zero. I mean that's like a nothing. Some some weekends that many people get shot in Chicago and killed? You with me? It's it just, it's a nothing burger. So, Pinsky says, he told, I guess they were interviewing him on CBS, a bad flu season is 80,000 dead. A bad flu season. And he said, so far this year, we've had about 18,000. So, so far this year, we're at uh, two and a half months into this year, right? We've had about eighteen thousand dead from influenza this year. Of those, we've had about a hundred corona deaths. So if you <clears throat> if you extrapolate that out, we're not going to have we're not going to have no eighty thousand deaths, right? If we were going to have eighty thousand deaths, we'd have to have about twenty thousand per quarter, and we're not going to get that. So he says, "Why should you be worried about?" He said, "Which should you be more worried about? Influenza or the coronavirus?" So so far we've had eighteen thousand in two and a half months. We've had eighteen thousand <clears throat> flu deaths and a hundred corona deaths. What should you be more worried about? I would be more worried about the typical flu. How do you how do you take care of yourself? You don't shut down every business in town. You don't restrict. You don't shut down all the schools. You you help people understand about if they're sick, stay home. if they're going into school, stay home. if to wash your hands multiple times a day. I was even talking to a doctor this week. He said, man, I'm washing my hands every chance I get boom 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 why Because he's taking care of patients. He's taking care of 30, 40 patients a day. so he's what washing them cutting in, coming into the room, leaving the room. Touching them, then washing, touching them, washing, touching them, washing them, washing those hands. Why? Because a virus just doesn't appear in your system. It's got to get in through some doorway, mouth, nose, eyes. <clears throat> it's just very simple. If you keep yourself clean all the time and you have a good immune system, I don't care what, what bugs are in the air. It doesn't make it, it's just no big deal. No big deal. Okay, so i was getting ready to transition to another article, but I'm going to, or another topic, I'm going to just step back here, and I want to thank Imani Hecker with Universal Security System, Elite Universal. You see their cars driving around the Yuba Sutter area, but you might see them down in Sacramento or up towards the Oregon border, Chico, Redding. They're all up and down the state, and if you'd like to work with them, they could use your help. They need some help. Because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. When you tell everybody to go home, pretty soon all these businesses need to be guarded. People get off the street. In fact, I just talked to my neighbor who's a truck driver for either UPS or FedEx or something. He drives to L.A. and back every day or, or halfway down. He meets a truck coming this way, and they switch trailers. And I said, he, I just saw him outdoors here, and he, and he, I said, hey, what's the traffic like? He said, there ain't no traffic out there but uh when people are not out and about buildings need to be secured they need to be protected elite universal security you can get a job with them you could call them at 530-749-0280 530-749-0280 and uh they will train you you think i i'd like to do that but i just don't know anything about it I i got a youngster i'm trying to get up up and getting her a career and stuff and She said, well, Lou, I never did that before. I said, nobody ever did anything before when they started out. Everybody is idiot when they start. Then you start accumulating skills and information. You become a veteran, a journeyman. Even though you're a woman, you get to be a journeyman, not a journeywoman. So um, anyway, uh, Monty says security. The security business is a great stepping stone for anyone looking at going into law enforcement. In security, people learn about proper documentation and building good public relations. So uh, there are people working in the security field, which are going to school for criminal justice and law enforcement. So you ought to jump on, get yourself a job. They, they also do some range training and get your uh, gun handling license. And they got a date coming up. I think it's March 28th and 29th but i would check with them to make sure because um maybe maybe they won't do it with this virus thing but i would check but they do them every month 5307490280 and they will help you they're right here in yuba county so you can go on their website at api-academy api-academy.com And you can see what their courses are, how to get hooked up with them. Elite Universal Security. And they will help you. They'll protect your farm. I just saw where they were in Yuba and Sutter County. They both said there was big farm thefts. Big farm thefts. People are either stealing um, products that farmers grow or they steal their equipment to harvest the products. It's just totally ridiculous. Makes me mad is what it does. Okay. I'm going to go back down here uh and see where else I want to talk about. Oh, this is good. I got time to do this. I saw Trump giving this talk. Anyway, what he was talking about was he was he was just referring to the fact that he just got off the phone with the governors throughout the United States. I assume he had all 50 of them on the phone. And he was he was coordinating, explaining to them what they were doing at the federal level and encouraging them uh, on what what they could do on the state level and how the federal government could help them. It was a construct, he said it was a constructive, positive meeting. And so one of the things he said was regarding medical ventilators, which they, if if a lot of people contract the virus, it affects the breathing. And so he said, listen, don't wait. He said, we're going to make it less bureaucratic to come and get stuff from the federal government. That, but you have your own connections. Just grab the stuff from from where you could get it, and we got your back. We'll help you with it. But, but you have your own connections, your old staff. In other words, we don't want to tie you up in red tape if you have a faster way than us to get it get it he's trying to be positive now i i've said the same exact things when people call me and they say i'm running a business and they say lou we need this and i'll say well and we should i come back to the shop and get it i say no no it takes too much time just get it wherever you can get it right in other words make it easy on yourself so trump being really easy to work with and constructive his comments were taken and taken out of context and then edited out of that conversation by eight different authors at the New York Times. These people are scumbags, total scumbags. We're in the middle of a serious crisis for many people, particularly the elderly in this country. And the New York Times portray the leader of this country. You know something? I just, these people are scumbags, they're dirtbags, I don't care who the president is in a time of crisis, they deserve our support unless they're going to do something illegal or treasonous. But when, the, when people are already fearful and panicking and you're telling them they've got to stay in their house and you're going to shut down businesses, I just heard they're, they, they're running out of blood, in fact. Just heard this from a person that knows what they're talking about. Because nobody's given blood. So they're shutting down surgery centers. So now they're, just, they're not going to do any more surgeries unless it's a have to. Because they run out of blood. Just already. And then we have people at the New York Times saying that Trump says, get your own medical stuff. Isn't that interesting? The tone. Get your own medical stuff. They wrote it in the article. Like, well, just get your own stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to help you. Screw you. Get your own stuff. He didn't say that at all. He said, "We got you. We will do it for you." But he said, "You're sharp. You got your own connections. Anybody can deal with these companies. Just get it, and we got your back." But these people are so underhanded, so evil. This is evil what's going on. This has gone on now for what? 3 years? Just hate Trump. Just cuz you hate him, you don't you'll you'll let the whole cut you I can't even remember that. I guess he considers himself a comedian on TV, but he hopes that the entire country will collapse in recession just to get rid of Trump. Somebody else, one of these other liberals said the other day, they hope that a lot of people die. What kind of people are these people that I I wouldn't even, I wouldn't walk 15 feet to talk to any celebrity. These people are nuts. So they're so self-focused so selfish and self focused and hateful. They it's just unbelievable. Said eight New York Times authors shared a deceptively edited quote Monday from President Don Trump's recent call with state governors, creating the false impression that the president is denying federal support for ventilators. And he was just say, he was saying just the opposite. Just the opposite. Respirators, ventilators, and all of the equipment. He, here's his exact quote. Respirators, ventilators, and all of the equipment. Try getting it yourselves." President Trump told the governors. We will be backing you, but try getting it yourselves. Point of sales, much better. In other words, faster. Much more direct if you can get it yourself. This is the same president that wants to cut the the." The amount of time to build a highway from like 18 years to two or to drill an oil well or to to get made or bring drugs on the market, experimental drugs, get them on the market or cut the bureaucracy. Times national correspondent Julie Bozeman tweeted only the first third of the president's statement, leaving out the part where he said the federal government will back the states. Bozeman, reacting to intense backlash, defended herself by inaccurately claiming that the second part of the quote repeats the first part twice. You know something? She is so full of crap. These people just piss me off. Mara Gay, a member of the Times editorial, also left out most of what the president said. She also falsely accused the president of telling governors that they are on their own. He didn't say that at all. He said just the opposite. They weren't on their own, but they're very capable people. Listen, whether you like the politics of a particular governor, they they got a big staff, and they could get some stuff done. Why not divide the workload here instead of being a big stinking bottleneck that's what's wrong with this country we got to go all the way through Washington or all the way through our state capital to get anything done and local people can get it done without the state capital and without the federal government we don't need the bottleneck like in education, for instance. The fact is in the the president president president's full quote of the federal about the federal government he said we will be backing you in other words we're we will take care of you what these people are so sick so sick it's just disgusting to me that they are uh that they have the amount of exposure they have uh well we're going to come to our into our third segment here and um this is a great this is a great uh, clip. There's two, one by Johan Norberg on why Venezuela collapsed and then second Joe Biden says he's going to pick a woman Liz Wheeler hoses Joe Biden down. We'll be right back. Say
1: that you are mine. I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? It's always taste, taste, taste. You're
5: happy when I'm on my knees. Don't blame socialism for Venezuela's horrors. It's just that the oil price collapsed. And then obviously an oil-dependent economy like Venezuela couldn't afford all those imports and public spending anymore. Dead wrong. If the oil price destroyed oil economies like that, why don't thousands of Norwegians pour across the Swedish border every day to escape hunger and violence back home? Because this is just a stupid excuse. Yes, the oil price has come down a little bit, but that's not a collapse. In fact, the oil price hasn't once been below the level of what it was when Hugo Chavez got power in Venezuela early in 1999. Presently, it's almost three times higher than it was back then. Chavez basically got an extra $1,000 billion in oil revenue to spend. But even that wasn't enough for all those social programs and money for cronies. And it certainly wasn't enough to invest in maintaining oil production or finding new sources. So now the oil industry is in ruins, and oil output is the lowest it's been in 80 years. Meanwhile, nationalization and price controls destroyed the rest of the economy and created malnutrition in a country that used to export food. Socialism or death, yelled Chavez as he was sworn in as president. His policies has condemned Venezuela to both.
6: Joe Biden says that he is committing to choosing a woman to be his vice presidential running mate if he wins the Democratic nomination for president. Take a listen.
3: And I commit that I will, in fact, appoint a... I'll pick a woman to be vice president.
0: There are a number of women who are qualified to be president tomorrow. I would pick a woman to be my vice
6: president. Now, feminists all over the country are cheering. But wait just a second. I'm all about female empowerment. I'm all about women succeeding. I'm all about females in positions of leadership. But not like this. First of all, why are feminists cheering that an old man is bestowing his assistant position to a woman? Are we gonna pretend that's something new? Promising to pick a woman as vice president because of her gender, this is so insulting. Now that woman will wonder, was I chosen because I earned it? Because I'm qualified? Or was I chosen because of my genitalia? Do you know what kind of reverberating message this sends to women everywhere? Especially young women. It doesn't matter if you get good grades. It doesn't matter if you graduate at the top of your class. It doesn't matter if you break a record or climb that corporate ladder. You might be seated on that corporate board just because you have lady parts. This is not hypothetical. In California, there's a law that mandates a certain number of women are seated on corporate boards. Now, if we get a lady vice president, should we put an asterisk by her name? First Lady Veep. But she needed Joe Biden's patriarchal handout to achieve it because she's a girl and Democrats don't think girls can succeed on our own merits. This is why identity politics is so insulting. As if people of color or women or people with certain sexual orientations can't achieve without the government's help? Do Democrats not see how demeaning that is? And what do you imagine men are going to be thinking? Are they going to respect their female colleagues? Or are they going to be wondering, do you deserve to be here or are you just a token woman? What about men who deserve the jobs, who are denied that opportunity because they are men? Talk about sexist. Joe Biden is no champion of women. He insults the intelligence and the capability of every woman in America by making us just a token. As a woman, I reject that, and you should too.
10: When faced with hardship, Americans have a history of coming together and crying out to God. This morning, I read an article in the Trumpet.com that recorded numerous occasions of prevailing prayer over American calamities. At the start of the American Revolutionary War, the Continental Congress declared... "'Congress, considering the present critical, alarming, and calamitous state, "'do earnestly recommend that Thursday, the 20th of July next, "'be observed by the inhabitants of all English colonies on this continent "'as a day of public humiliation, fasting, and prayer, "'that we may, with united hearts and voices, unfeignedly confess and deplore our many sins, "'and with joint supplications to the all-wise, omnipotent, and merciful disposer of all events, "'humbly beseeching him to forgive our iniquities.'" our novice American patriots
4: went on to win a miraculous victory in the war for independence against the greatest empire in the world. In his inaugural address, President George Washington acknowledged,
9: It would be peculiarly improper to omit in this first official act my fervent supplications to the almighty being who rules over the universe, who presides in the councils of nations, and whose providential aids can supply every human defect.
4: In fact, almost every other president since George Washington has issued a proclamation of thanksgiving and or prayer. During World War I, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed May 30th, 1918 to be a day of prayer. The German Empire had almost broken through the Allied lines. One day after the proclamation, the United States Marine Corps began its first major engagement of the war at Belleau Wood. Then something miraculous occurred. The Americans won a stunning victory over the Germans, keeping the Allies from losing the war.
10: During the mid-1800s, an estimated 150,000 Americans died from cholera, which was spread by drinking unsanitary water, though this was unknown at the time. It was the first truly global disease, killing tens of millions in crowded cities all over the world. My friend Bill Federer, in his American Minute newsletter, recently shared, On July 3, 1849, President Zachary Taylor proclaimed a national day of fasting.
9: At a season when the providence of God has manifested itself in the visitation of a fearful pestilence which is spreading itself throughout the land, it is fitting that a people whose reliance has ever been in His protection should humble themselves before His throne, and while acknowledging past transgressions, ask a continuance of the divine mercy. It is therefore earnestly recommended that the first Friday in August be observed throughout the United States as a day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer, to implore the Almighty in his own good time to stay the destroying hand which has now lifted up against us.
4: After President Taylor's day of fasting, it was reported the number of deaths dropped suddenly in August. That same year, 1849, English physician John Snow confirmed that the disease was spread through drinking contaminated water. And in 1884, Nobel Prize recipient, bacteriologist Robert Koch, successfully confirmed the identity of the cholera bacillus,
10: which aided in the future treatment and prevention. While this global pandemic of COVID-19 is new only in name, the solution remains the same. Employ biblical sanitary practices and pray to our creator that he would stay this play and bless his church so we may help the world through this daunting time. This is Jake McCauley. And Don McCauley With the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you
0: The
5: American, American
0: View. Skip
5: that the
0: lipstick. Don't
5: explain You know I love you and my love endures on my thoughts you,
3: All I right, we're complete. into our second half of the show today. Let me give you a, give a shout out to my uh, friend Dave Greenitz with Greenitz construction. And um, he is constantly making things that are looking tattered and tired and stodgy, worn out. He makes all things beautiful and looking good, looking like, whoa, I want to stay here the rest of my life. And so he's been doing that for over forty years. Dave Greenitz with Greenitz Construction, <clears throat> he runs it, he manages it, he does everything. He doesn't he isn't an absentee owner. He's in the midst of it. Greenitz G R E E N like the color with E T Z on the end. Greenitz Construction. And uh don't take my word for it. If you you wanna if you wanna spend ten, twenty, five, I don't know, however however much you want to spend. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand $30, dollars on a uh, remodel of your house, and you're going to stay there for a bunch more years, or you're fixing it up and then you're going to stay there five or ten years and then retire somewhere else. But then you'll have a lot of value in that house because you've upgraded the kitchen and bath. There isn't anyone in town that can p- compare to this this team of people that works for Dave. <clears throat> uh, he's got some great builders. Uh, working with him and he has great subs that whether it's tile people, flooring people, lighting people, design people, paint, they're the best. And uh, he talks about them on his uh, Facebook site at Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook and uh, also on his website at greenitzconstruction.com. You can check things out there without talking to anybody. If you're nervous to talk to somebody, uh, you want to just check it out, nose around, send him an email, ask a few questions, you can do that, or you could dial him up. And the person, he doesn't have a big old office staff that's going to run you through the rigmarole or tell you how far away from his desk he is. You ever heard that term? Oh, I'm sorry. He's away from his desk. I always ask, how far? Just go get him. 530-682-9602. He's probably going to answer the phone. If you get voicemail, he'll call you right back. He's fast. He's not like the typical contractor nowadays. Or You may or may not ever. I've called contractors. I could have died of cancer before I ever got a call back from them. They just blow you off. Not this guy. 530-682-9602. Tell him you heard it on No Hostages Radio. He might even give you a free coupon to a hamburger or something he might he used to give a deadhead discount if you mentioned it so Greenwich or Dave Greenwich construction Facebook or five three zero six eight two nine six zero two there's a black gal that um, I admire she's pretty I like pretty people and she's black and she used to be a welfare babe doing dope. And doing the wild thing. And she got herself straightened out. She she got Jesus on board. She got Jesus in the house. And then she got a job. She got an education. And now she's got her own uh, organization. And she's a good writer. And she pops up into different uh, newspapers and periodicals and stuff. Her name is Star Parker. Star Parker, S T A R Parker, and uh, she is a interesting person. So, she wrote an article and she she has the same irritability that I do. She says some governors like J P Pritzker of Illinois, I call him J B Prick because of what he just does. J B Prick of Illinois They don't seem to understand something. For instance, she said, let's remember how the nation works in a crisis. It should work the same way as when we're not in a crisis. She says, we have a constitution that assigns limited, defined powers to the federal government and the state government. You just can't do – the state government has a constitution. You just can't do whatever you please as a governor. Or as the president of the United States, we all follow the Constitution. So Prick, J.B. Prick of Illinois, she says, doesn't seem to understand this. At a time when political leaders should be inspiring confidence, the Prick is attacking President Donald Trump, accusing the federal government of being completely unprepared. That's one thing that they aren't with Trump at the helm. The Democrats could not even cope with this thing. We would be forever finding a drug to deal with this 10 years from now, five years from now. These guys are total bozos, Democrats, when you're talking about getting something actually done. They find more excuses on not doing anything than getting stuff done. Trump's group just announces we did this. They d- Have you ever noticed that? In fact, I tried to list all their accomplishments of the last three years. I can't even get through it in a show. I, in fact, I divided it up into two shows and gave up. In fact, if you go on the whitehouse.gov site, they list all the stuff they're doing regarding this crisis right now. They're getting stuff done. Why? Because in business, you can't lollygag around. You're going to go broke, and, and you can just say, building for rent. Governor Prick of Illinois, he, he wants to lay blame for for crowds and delays at O'Hare Airport on the president. Now if you have you ever flown through O'Hare in Chicago? I have. Why would O'Hare Airport have anything to do with Donald Trump's problem? Why would that be a Donald Trump problem? Trump actually shut down flights from China. And then he shut down flights from Europe. Why it's interesting to me why didn't the Democrats get this get the some of the courts to stop him from shutting down those flights? You remember all those flights that Trump wanted to shut down from ter- countries bringing terrorists here and one after judge after another a little pussy judge are all little probably little faggots that uh, chase around with obama they uh they would block the travel bans calling him a racist now we just shut down flight from china does he hate chinese that's what they're trying to say you're racist president it's so amazing because he has hotels in china he does business with you know these these liberals they're somebody called me a race who was it called me a racist the other day oh it was a guy who wrote me on the um lou at um No Hostages Radio. He called me a racist, something, 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 something. So he shut down. He's racist against the Chinese, and he's now racist against Europe. So Trump shuts down flights to stop the the Kung Flu from coming into the country because these people are infected over there, and they're not staying on top of it. Like, I've been on planes, I've just bought myself, we're going to Vietnam here in July. And I was talking to a doctor friend of mine, and he was saying anytime he gets on a plane, it's like sitting in a, a disease dish. Because you're very close quarters, we, we're not socially, what do they call it, social distance. We are uh, We're tight, shoulder to shoulder, you're touching people on those flights three or 400 and they're sneezing, coughing. You're all peeing in the same little pot. You're touching everything. It's a mess on any, any flight. And if you're if your immune system's down, you're going to get sick. And I've gotten sick constantly flying back and forth to Asia. I do it a couple times a year, but, uh, but people fly sick. They don't keep people off planes when they're sick. They fly sick. So you know you're going to get something. But in this case, they know that at the White House, and they shut down those flights to protect Americans. People like J.B. Prick from Illinois has, what What does Trump have to do with the O'Hare Airport? Parker, she quotes Major General George S. Patton, who who observed, I love this, a good plan violently executed now, is better than a perfect plan executed next week. Now, let me say that again. This is why the Democrats are such idiots. So they'll, you remember, you remember with ISIS, remember Obama saying, well, we just don't know. We just don't have a strategy right now. (laughs) You know, if Patton were around, he would just slap the kid. He'd slap him and tell him to go to his room. Patton said a good plan violently executed. Now, is better than a perfect plan executed next week. This is exactly why Trump is a great leader. So Parker says, O'Hare Airport, this is, she see, J.B. Prick condemns Trump for oh, problems at O'Hare Airport. But O'Hare Airport is owned and operated by J.B. Prick's city of Chicago. If there's frustrations there, such as customs then that's federal maybe if it's homeland if it's tsa but i just realized the other day i was watching something and it said that the tsa that i thought was running san francisco airport isn't even tsa it's a private firm and it actually runs better than t i i've always thought san francisco tsa i got quotes around it because it isn't tsa It was pretty smooth for as many people as they moved through there. And it turned out it wasn't TSA. So uh, anyway, the overall operation of Chicago O'Hare Airport is all run by Chicago. It's not run by the federal government. Airports aren't run by the federal government. Most of them are just total private entities run by the city or something like that. And then they sub out all the contracts. star parker says the rate of fatality among see they're all saying the same thing the rate of fatality among the ages 70 to 79 is 21 times that of people under 60 see that's why they're wanting older people to stick around the house chill the fatality rate among those 80 and above there's a lot of americans 80 and above it's 39 times that of people under 60. Just think of that. You're 39 t- more times likely to catch a bug if you're over 80 than under 60. And she said, that's one reason Italy has been hit hard, as it has the oldest population in Europe with 23% over the age of 65. A quarter of the population is over 65. You know, the thing, the reason it's such an old population is there's there's, uh, there's hardly any kids in, in Italy because they abort, they kill them. It's not that they don't have sex, they just don't, they don't want any kids. And they have to import people to run the country because there's not enough young people to take over the jobs in the country, to run the infrastructure of the whole country. So, what Star Parker wrote an article about is we don't want to give up our liberty. We should follow the Constitution, and we need to be careful uh, about surrendering that. All right. There's also uh, a—let me see what I want to do here. Oh, this is great. Let me take a little uh, swig of my friend from Thailand, Frank. He doesn't like me when I take a cough or yawn, or sometimes I'm doing this show in the middle of the night. I need some medical meth, but they don't let me. It's not legal yet. So I'm drinking some kombucha, organic, raw, loaded with polyphenols, electrolytes, enzymes, probiotics, and then I'm I'm taking A, D, and lots of C. So I'm going to fight the... Kung flu in downtown Marysville Ann Coulter wrote a great article called cheap TVs, expensive flu. I want you to think about that for a minute, cheap TVs and expensive flu. Here's a thought. She says, self quarantining with their families and multimillion dollar Manhattan co-ops. Wall street wives ought to have a chat with their master of the universe. Husbands about China. Globalism and political correctness, those are the vectors of the robber baron wealth. Thanks to globalism, cheap goods from China, we've gotten many wondrous things. For example, we got toothpaste on American shells made with a poison found in antifreeze. Thank you, Jesus. And Chinese. We got toxic Chinese drywall installed in about $100,000 U.S. homes, emitting noxious fumes that destroyed electrical wiring and metal fixtures and sickened homeowners. Replacement of the drywall, pipes, and wiring cost Americans billions of dollars. Then we have hundreds, possibly thousands of American dogs killed by melamine-laced Chinese dog food in 2007. The loss of of 200,000 beautiful maple trees lining the streets of of small New England towns were eaten by the Asian longhorn beetles that arrived on Chinese cargo ships in 1996. The U.S. taxpayer spends hundreds of millions of dollars to eradicate the repeated outbreaks that, uh, that continue to this day despite promises from the Chinese to do better. The Chinese government is are liars the chinese people are lovely people but their government are communist liars now we also to get cheap tvs we also get viral pandemics or panic demics we got the h1n1 from china we got the bird flu from china we got sars from china and now the wuhan virus from china She says, is it really worth it to pay $3 for a T-shirt at Walmart rather than $9 when we make it here? When we get the H1N1, bird flu, SARS, and now the Wuhan virus, and all those. We got toys our kids playing with that got lead in the paint. I mean, it's just on and on. Chinese killed a lot of their own babies. You know that? They put formula. They put some funky stuff, some chemical in their formula that's poison, killed a bunch of babies, deformed them. They don't, life is worthless in China. They just kill people left and right. They forcefully abort people. They kill people and take their organs from them. By the way, you know, they the average time to get a kidney in this country is about five years. In China, if you got $30,000, you can get one in a week. I want you to think about that. Where do you think they get a living kidney In a week, when in America you're waiting five years to get somebody to die, to decide to donate, die, the liver hasn't been separated from oxygen, and then they match you up DNA-wise, and then you get it, right? Think about that. They are harvesting organs off live people, folks, and then... Telling them their, their family members that they got the kung flu and died. So she asked the question: Is it really worth it for to spend only three dollars on a T-shirt instead of nine to cause your dogs to die, your people to die? Oh, what else did she say? Have funky? I wonder if they were in, involved with that funky um, plumbing can't even remember it out in in uh edgewater in plumas lake they put in all this funky uh pipe out there that's all splitting up now fall, falling apart my friend had to replumb her whole stinking house new house out there had to replumb had to pull all the plumbing out put all new plumbing in the whole house thing just started water bubbling right up through the concrete toxic drywall toxic toothpaste Toxic dog food, toxic toys, sending their Asian bugs over here. They just don't do a good job. It's a crappy job. So after saying all that, she says, let's get one thing straight. The Chinese had nothing to do with any Chinese activities. That's racism. The Chinese are introducing one virus after another. Why? Because they're sloppy. They're not careful. The Chinese wet markets, a lady named Melinda Liu, L-I-U, she's Chinese. She wrote for the Smithsonian Magazine. She says this, the Chinese wet markets often poorly ventilated with multiple species jammed together create ideal conditions for spreading disease through shared water utensils or airborne droplets of blood and other secretions. The 2017 article by Melinda Liu titled, Is China Ground Zero for a Future Pandemic? All right. We're finished with section four. We're going to, uh, one, two, three, four. Okay. This is a great clip. called The Coronavirus Proves Liberals Love a Good Crisis, especially if they can use it to bash Trump. Check this out. I'm coming right back to finish up two sections because I want to cook some dinner and have a really fun evening here. I love to eat. So I'm going to enjoy myself. I've just got two segments left. But I'm not. I can't rush it. I got to do them full out and do them right. So I'll do a good job. Be right back.
0: There'll be big things going down.
5: I left my hometown, baby.
2: So the coronavirus panic is officially upon us. And if you're new to this game of grab the toilet paper, please be advised that the rules for this pandemic have changed. Why? Well, because Trump is in the White House. So the left has decided that it's all his fault. Because after all, people are dying. It's an election year. And one should never let a good crisis go to waste. Faced with a deadly illness known to target the sick and the elderly, liberals are busy playing their favorite game of bash the bigot. In episode 427 of Everyone's a Racist, they're now accusing Trump, his administration, and Republican lawmakers of racism for calling the coronavirus the Wuhan virus and pointing out that it originated in China.
0: It's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia, uh, to use that kind of term in this speech, Chris. She is demanding
8: an apology for
0: him referring to the virus in very derogatory offensive terms calling it the chinese coronavirus however you have seen on on social media there are hashtags going around that sort of imply some of them are absolutely racist some of them imply that this is a chinese thing some of them imply that well, it's the connected President to Trump. States called it that today. right
2: never mind that liberals were all too happy to use terms like ebola lyme disease west nile virus sars mers rocky mountain spotted fever all illnesses named after where they came from and see that was perfectly fine for years But now, suddenly, the Trump administration is racist for mentioning that this virus came from China. Weird how that's suddenly a problem. Kind of like how the stock market didn't matter till it started tanking. Have you noticed that? Nobody in the news talked about how great the stock market was doing before this. For months, the Dow was clocking in record highs and people's 401Ks and investment accounts were booming and it barely made a headline until it got hit. Now, media hacks who didn't care when it was doing great are falling all over themselves to report on it, which of course only incites more mass panic. Trump didn't get a lick of credit when stocks were climbing into the stratosphere, but they are happy to pin all the blame on him when it gets
6: hit by the flu. We're watching the Dow again. There you see plummeting after uh, the president's travel ban and coronavirus outbreak announcements. Um,
8: Right now, the economic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic, it's it's accelerating around the globe. Here in this country, just minutes after opening Wall Street, had to trigger that so-called circuit breaker once again, pausing trading to prevent a total meltdown. The Dow as you can see, down more than 2000, 2,000 points.
2: So, naming a virus after its place of origin was perfectly normal before, but now suddenly it's racist because Trump said it. The stock market doesn't matter until it tanks because now they can blame Trump for it. H1N1, SARS, Ebola, none of those deadly diseases caused an all out national heart attack, but now the coronavirus, which is arguably less deadly, is cause for a global shutdown and mass panic. Weird how these rules have changed. Ah, but the solutions are as predictable as ever. See, conveniently, this bug has become a nice scapegoat for peddling all the left's political platforms, like expanding Medicare for All, forgiving student loans, mandating paid sick leave, and dumping more money into already bloated government programs. Crazy how our collective salvation from this apocalypse lies in doing all the things that Democrats wanted to do all along. Never waste a good crisis. Especially during an election year when the economy is booming and it's awfully hard to convince people to vote for socialism. Now, don't misunderstand me. There's an incredibly serious component to this virus, especially for our elderly and those with pre-existing conditions. This thing is no joke. But there's also a political aspect here. And it's being exploited with malice and forethought. Either all these liberal talking heads are so gullible as to believe the government can and should completely protect the entire populace from the flu, or they're using a very real deadly disease as a convenient political football to trash a president they don't like. Guess which camp I think they fall into.
9: How town to the crossroads fell
5: down on my knees. How town to the crossroads fell down on my knees. I should know for mercy, sin
3: all right so we're we're looking at this uh ann coulter article and she's like questioning doing business with china because they're ripping us off trump said they ripped us off 500 billion dollars a year because they charge huge tariffs and we didn't charge them hardly anything and the democrats are totally good with that and accuse trump of actually starting a trade war by just wanting a, a level playing field what what uh and then the Clintons, of course, made a lot of money selling our technology to China. We got professors that are giving away our our secrets to China. And um, so, she, she, Ann Coulter, says who officials got together. That's a World Health Organization. Officials got together and worked on coming up with a new name. She, the World Health Organization, instead of their first stepped step in action being find a cure, develop a vaccine, develop protection for the elder, they didn't do any of that. Their first concern was to come up with a different name than the Wuhan or the Kung Flu. The WHO put out a fact sheet to engage those. With kung flu, so that Wuhan and the Chinese would not be stigmatized. You know, we're just caught up with all worrying about people's Im- image. We should have been talked about people acquiring or contracting the COVID nineteen. You remember, remember Gloria, I wondered, you know, every once in a while I wondered, did that person die yet? They look like their death warmed over last time I saw them on TV. Gloria Allred, she's always representing somebody that somebody done somebody wrong to. Usually it's a woman. Gloria Allred filed a lawsuit against Los Angeles School for sending an Asian student to the school nurse after he got caught coughing in class. Why? Because they thought maybe he had the Kung flu. So because a teacher said, oh, you you better go down and see the nurse, that is a lawsuit in California now. Americans are hiding in their homes, airlines, restaurants, beaches, ski resorts, professional sports colleges, stores have been shut down, but we must never violate the fundamental civil rights of an Asian to cough, spit, and shit and leave a pile somewhere and not wipe properly don't don't be critical of the Asians stories from the new york times as chinese grapple with a new illness and old stigmas rise they're talking about being prejudice an outbreak of racist racist sentiment as coronavirus reaches australia as coronavirus spreads, so does anti-Chinese sentiment. Virus fuels anti-Chinese sentiment overseas. Coronavirus outbreak risks reviving stigma for China. I have, a, I have a big stigma for China. I don't like them killing people and taking their parts. I don't like Planned Parenthood killing babies and taking their parts. You know, we okay that. We criticize China for organs, selling organs, parting out somebody because they got them locked up. One year, they, they provided 60,000 organs. They sold 60,000 organs that, they, that this committee, this international committee is looking, they're looking at filing charges against these people, In, inhumane. Do you think it's inhumane to, to take a prisoner that's alive and say, ah, we need your organs, so we'll give you a good burial. We will cremate you for nothing. We do the same thing, but we just do it with little people. You know, you can molest little people. You can assault little people. You can ignore little people. And then you can kill little people and get away with it in this country. Totally cool. And we do it because it's for the future of the mother. All right. I'm just looking for some. Here's one thing the Times reported said the Times said there there had not yet been any confirmed cases, the Times reported until in Italy, until January thirty eighth, when the government announced the first two cases. The scientific director of an infectious diseases hospital in Rome identified them as two Chinese tourists visiting Rome. It's amazing how all this all the liberal media criticized Trump and referring to it as a starting in China. And yet if you go, you, you can find hundreds of quotes. The Wuhan flu, the Chinese, the, we, starting in China. It says in, in the Italian region of Lombardy, that's where the most devastation happened from the Wuhan virus. Now think about this, the Kung flu. Remember I told you that Chinese were moving from Wuhan to Italy. As far back as 2003, a Library of Congress report cited Lombardy as having the highest concentration of Chinese immigrants in all of Italy, in the the, the, uh, area called Lombardy. But our media refuses to tell tell us that today they ignore that fact they don't want us to know that there's a huge bunch of chinese taking over italy and they live in the area of lombardy the same way and uh, i just uh, was communicating with people and last night in tijuana they called me from down there some people deported out of the yuba county jail and we were talking about things in tijuana and then i texted back and forth with my friend in saigon and he said lou uh they're they're uh they're telling people in their villages they can't leave their village. Some states are entirely locked down. And he says they think the source of of the our our part of this flu is in Saigon, but we're going to be flying in there in July, and um, and the reason is is when I run around Saigon, my friend will say, "Lou, this is this is Chinese. This is the Chinese territory right here," or this is some other territory. And so they congregate just like other people do because they want to be have Chinese. Just like we have uh, in Long Beach area of California, we have Little Saigon. And uh, it's where a lot of Vietnamese have congregated, and they have their stores. They have their restaurants. They have their shops. They have their clothing, you know, tailors. They have all the stuff that they need. Their uh, traditional medicine, all that kind of stuff. Little Saigon, they call it. So it's the same over there. So, in Lombardy, is where the Chinese have been congregating, and that's where the big breakout has happened. And the reason it's there is because the average age of the dead is 81. It's five to 10, the the Kung flu is five to 10 times more deadly than the regular flu for those in their 70s and 80s, respectively. Ann Coulter recommends, this is the same thing as my friend the doctor, said they should surround old folks' homes with the National Guard and call it a day. That's where all the problem's going to be. All the deaths in the United States have been happening in old folks' homes and in hospitals. But with old people dying because full of infection over there. She concludes Ann Coulter by saying the important thing to, is to stamp out the idea that a virus that originates in China has anything to do with China. Don't say China. Don't say Kung Flu. Don't say Wuhan. That's racist. Racist. All right. Okay, I'm going to go talk some about Yuba College. You know, Yuba College, I wrote an article this last week about—did I write it last week? Maybe I didn't write it. Maybe it's been—I can't remember now. Maybe it's been two weeks ago in the Territorial Dispatch. And I was writing about how badly— that these school bond measures got beat that the statewide one got beat by over 70% and the measure C, which was Yuba college, which includes a few counties up here in Northern California, got beat by over 70%. I think what's worse than the bonds is the fact that we found out so many ugly things about Yuba college. One that the campus maintenance has been so ignored for so long that some buildings have been abandoned and they're what they call mothballed they're they have mold they have they're wet the roofs leaked it's interesting you know my my house is older than yuba college and my roof doesn't leak it's got a fresh coat of paint on it got landscaping my yard is my my building older than yuba college way older has nicer landscaping, better painted, better taken care of than Yuba College. And why? Yeah, but they have people out there getting paid two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars 300000 a year. I don't get paid anything to take care of my house. And uh, so what's happening at Yuba College is the college, if you walk out there, if you, I attended that college back in the 60s for a few semesters. The college looks worse today than it did then. There has not been any improvement in landscaping in that college in all these years. Sad. Now, part of the part of the uh, the college system, the community college, Yuba Community College, what they call Yuba Community College, included a campus over in Woodland. But what happened is that that campus grew and spun off as its own campus, and they didn't want anything to do with Yuba College. So they didn't want Yuba College. Uh, in their literature, they didn't want Yuba College on their buildings, like Yuba College Woodland Campus, for instance. They didn't want Yuba College on their diplomas. They wanted to be completely separate, self-sufficient. It says in 1999, the Woodland Center, that's what it used to be called Woodland Center. now Now Woodland Community College. They got their own name was to become self-sufficient. That means run on their own. Woodland Community College, is an, is, this is their own literature, is an independent community college making its own decisions. Woodland Community College is finally able to give out diplomas with their own college seal and now has the authority to create their own transcripts under Woodland name. The Lake Col- County campus is under the umbrella of Woodland Community College. In 1990, Woodland Center Now called Woodland Community College, relocated to its current facility of 120 acres. In 1999, Yuba Community College District notified its intent for Woodland Center to become self-sufficient. In 1981, Woodland Community College was established. It has been an extension of Yuba College. Now WCC is an independent college. WCC worked to become an accredited college to support the need of students, etc., etc., according to their president. They have their own president. They don't even use our president over here at Yuba College. The question is, why should Yuba and Sutter County taxpayers that pay the bulk, they pay the the bulk of the money back of all their bonds. You know, the bonds, they get issued and then you have to pay them back with interest. The bulk of the taxpayers that pay those bonds back are in Yuba and Sutter counties and the bulk of the money that is being spent from those bonds is being spent in Woodland. Now, why should you been Sutter County taxpayers be saddled with hundreds of millions of dollars of building expenses in the town of Woodland? I have never. I don't know lots of college students, but usually if they go. They either go to Yuba College if they're going to do a JC, or they go to Butte College or up to Sierra College because the buildings and the grounds are so funky at Yuba College. And the other campuses are beautiful. Woodland College is beautiful. The question is, how did we get saddled? We realize this by digging around trying to figure out what in the world are we spending all this money on because Yuba College looks crappy. It looks like it's going out of business. But when you look at Woodland College, it looks brand new. 120 acres. Wow. That's a lot. That's a big old campus. And so I I don't have any, I haven't had any kids in college in years. 20 years. But I get it. You know, everybody's got to have some skin in the game if we want future generations to be educated. Okay, okay, okay. So for that, I would like to spend my money on colleges in my area. If people in Woodland want to support a Woodland college, great. But why should over 50% or 60% of the money that from these bonds go to Woodland? And I'm pay, i I got to pay the bonds back out of my taxes, on my tax deal. That isn't right. That just is not right. And I don't know how we got there, but it all came to light during this election that Yuba College is screwing the citizens of Yuba and Sutter counties who happen to be, there's there's people, there's some people in a number of counties. Yolo County's a pretty big county that's supporting, Lake County, some, a few here, a few there. But all the people and all, all property owners, in Yuba County and all property owners in Sutter County are paying off these bonds, but, but more than a majority, a great majority of the money, more than 50% is going to Woodland has nothing to do with what we call Yuba college out here on North bill road or now the new campus in Sutter. Many people are wondering whether they're just going to shut the Yuba college campus on North bill road down. And start all over new. That doesn't—that's ridiculous to me. Or let buildings go fall apart. You know, some colleges in this country have buildings that are hundred years old. Why? Were, why are we condemning buildings here that are only built what in the fifties? Where the Yuba College buildings on North Bill Road started like in the fifties? the the they old. They're old stomping grounds. The Yuba College initially was right across the street from Marysville High School right across 18th Street and Marysville High School. And then they uh, they left there and built out on Northville Road. The old campus at Marysville High School is still being used by Marysville High School and is the nicest part of the campus because Marysville High School was built in the 1920s, those old beautiful brick buildings. And the south campus is where all Yuba College classrooms and yet the newer classrooms out at North bill road are being abandoned. It's crazy. What's going on it. And it's been going on for many years and we've just been asleep at the switch. We just trusted people. You know what? I'm realizing more and more and more. Uh, you cannot trust people. There's a, there's an air force saying in God, we trust all others. We monitor and, what we've we've fallen asleep in America where we just didn't want to take responsibility anymore. We just wanted to get up and have a great day and have the country protected and have the sewage work and have the water work and electricity work, and uh, there'd be plenty of jobs and the schools work and not be involved, not be vested not serve on the school board, not coach, not do this, not do that, not check it out, not go to a a city council meeting, not go to a supervisor meeting and think that everybody's going to be, everything's just going to be hunky-dory and run the way we hoped it would be run. And it just isn't, it ain't going to, it ain't going to happen. There's a saying, what you expect, you must inspect. What you expect, you must inspect. And we ain't been we haven't been doing much inspecting. And we've been doing a lot of whining and we've been getting totally ripped off. Do you realize that the, the trustees of Yuba College, which included Brent Hasty, who's been on there forever, voted consciously. They were not loaded on acid or any kind of psychedelic drug on shrooms or anything. They actually was Clear minds voted to borrow money to build that Sutter County campus and pay for every dollar they borrowed. They they agreed, without a gun held to their head, to pay back $12 for every $1 they borrowed. Now, I I want to ask you, what person in their right mind would do that with their own personal money? We'll be right back for the sixth and final segment. You're going to hear um, a clip called Media Wants Blaming Trump to Go Viral.
9: Here we go. Yes, you, love me. you will give your heart. Well,
5: Apart. If you love me. Can, I, can I finish now? No, let let me no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no! You let can't, John,
10: John, because we're here to talk oh, about I the president. Are-
8: Welcome to this week's Wacky Moments of Liberal Expression. This week, the media worked extra hard to place blame for the coronavirus all on the Trump administration. I mean, they were critical of every aspect of how it's been handled. And if you think for a second that any aspect is actually being handled well, then they just shout you down. Literally. He, well, it was why on today not? That's why and, you're and here I, to talk he was, about the president's can address. Can I finish now? No, let but me no, 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 no. No, you can't, John. John, because we're here
10: to talk
0: oh, about the president's. A-
8: of course, they won't let you talk, not unless you agree that all things Trump are bad. Two minutes later, when Lemon finally lets John Kasich, who doesn't agree with him, talk, well, Don Lemon becomes all deep stares and arched eyebrows. It's no, not going to help. No, no, Don,
7: if I do understand it. it. Look. I'm just trying to tell you that I thought his tone tonight was good. So he had to clarify something, okay? 98% of what he did was good. And what we wanted was a seriousness out of the president to tell people that things are not good and they're probably
8: going to get worse. And I'm not saying this is going to disappear or go away. This is very serious stuff. Leave it to the organization that settles their defamation lawsuits to dislike having any clarification on information. Just understand this. If Trump does it, it's bad. And this is all happening in a time that we're starting to see a message shift here because you're starting to hear the Republicans, especially Trump Co., calling it the Wuhan or the Chinese coronavirus. They're looking for someone to blame. That's going to be part of the
0: story. Uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as spacking of uh, xenophobia. To use that kind of term in the speech, Chris. Well, look, sometimes we can answer the questions. And the
8: answer is, he's doing it to put blame somewhere else. Yes, his intentions are bad. But, you know, if someone else says it... The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan
0: coronavirus. The 34-year-old ophthalmologist diagnosed Saturday with the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The first U.S. case of Chinese coronavirus. The Chinese... Coronavirus. They said the same thing all
8: the time for weeks, but they obviously say lots of things that they don't think the president should be allowed to say.
7: Disinfect all the time. I mean, you know, look, if somebody coughs or sneezes in here, it doesn't matter if you disinfected yesterday. You've got to disinfect again. Go
8: straight ethnic. Be cleaning everything all the time with the harshest cleaners that you can (laughs) find. I can only imagine what they would do if the president said, go straight ethnic when cleaning your home. I mean, CNN would be having marathon town hall specials on it. Heck, the leftist media even got annoyed this week when the president wore a hat. The
6: foreign leader, like...
2: know, the leader of China or Italy, were touring um, his or her nation's um, version of the CDC or the WHO in a cap that reflected their sports interest. That would be weird. If they were wearing a hat with the slogan of their re-election campaign on it, I think it would be noted internationally. Uh,
8: Yeah, you certainly don't often see Chinese presidents wearing re-election campaign hats being that... China's communist, and they don't have elections. But hey, okay. It's also clearly okay for Joe Biden to raise campaign funds on the coronavirus. I don't think the Biden campaign could have expected that the the White House, that President Trump would essentially gift wrap them such an opportunity uh, when they scheduled this remarks to do what they've been really wanting to do for this entire campaign. But if Biden wore a hat, I guess the coverage would have been completely different, right? A hat may have covered up Joe's hair plugs, but... uh, couldn't have done the quality cover-up job that the leftist media did while covering the moment that Biden threatened to slap a voter this week.
7: Wait, 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 wait. I take your AR, your AR-14s. Uh, okay,
8: this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. hey, let's well, keep no the real. There, there's a lot of guys. You think a presidential candidate threatening to slap a voter, well, that just might have gotten some airtime. But uh, all three major networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, they avoided covering that part.
1: Biden, who supports banning assault weapons, pulled no punches as he toured a Detroit auto plant.
7: Let's take your AR, your
8: AR-14s. And work. Yeah, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. A lot of guys want to come in, in. They, I'm they, not worried. So, so much. I just love how they say.
1: Biden, who oh. supports banning assault weapons, pulled no punches.
8: <laughs> I guess the punches were pulled for him, or at least the threats to slap somebody.
3: This is the final segment for this uh, 51st, or 51th, if you want to say it that way, or 51, edition of No Hostages Radio on March 21. So uh, there have been a number of Congress men and women and senators that have taken on this effort to expose waste in government spending. And first it was the first guy I ever ran into that I really enjoyed his, he put out the book of waste or the waste book or something once a year, Tom Coburn. He was a physician from Oklahoma and um, he would do that every year. I don't know. I think uh, Rand Paul does it now some, and I think, The Flake, Senator Flake from Arizona did some of it. But now Senator Joni Ernst, former military lady, uh, she's a senator from, oh, I always get the O's and I's wrong. I get Iowa and Ohio twisted around. Couldn't they have done something better with these states? She's a representative or she's a senator from Iowa former military lady. I can't quote you her history, but so she, um, I didn't know this, but there's a thing called Sunshine Week and it starts uh, March 15th, a few days ago. It's an annual celebration of the public's right to know what their government is doing isn't that a, a novel thought that the public has a right to know what their what their government is doing. You know nowadays if you want to know something about the, what the government's doing you have to you have to uh, complete a FOIA request. FOIA. Freedom of Information Act request. And from experts on filling them out like cops they tell me that there's lots of the Government monkeys with you or messes with you because if you don't ask exactly for the item you want, they don't inter- try to interpret what you say. so if you have to be very specific and if you don't ask for the if you don't ask for the report, you say, "I want this report or that report, if you don't say the re- report in the red folder, then you don't get it very particular. So you have to go that's why you, there's no transparency in government they came oh yeah we got transparency you have to file a FOIA request like one time we filed, filed one for the city of Marisol and you're supposed to actually get a response in 10 days what what the lady gave us on the 10th day is the fact that she didn't have time to do it that was her response and she'd get it when she'd do it when she come back from vacation <laughs> is that quality or what that incredible that woman would not put up with i bet that woman would jack slap a waitress at a local restaurant if they got one thing wrong with her order but she would just play games these government people will play games with you jack you around they would not put up with that with a private entity contractor hypocrites Sunshine week begins March 15th is an annual celebration of the public's right to know what their government's doing. The week is sponsored by American society of newspaper editors. You know why? Because they have to file all these damn FOIA things to get information from the government. And, and also the other people sponsored by reporters committee for freedom of the press. It's a novel idea. Um, So this focuses on unnecessary government spending. So these are just some examples. $1.4 spent each year by federal departments and agencies on advertising and public relations. What in the world? More than a quarter million dollars for costumed mascots like Sammy Soil or Milkshake the Cow. Well, God bless you. Milkshake. Nearly 10000 to produce a zombie apocalypse survival guide. I need one of those bad. I need one of those bad because I may be dealing with a zombie. I need to shoot him, know how to shoot him. Do you shoot him right between the eyes to get him to vanish? $10,000 to produce this guide. I produce guides like what to do after a fire to survive. Didn't cost me no $10,000. $30,000 for Martian New Year's Eve parties. $30,000. 100s of thousands of dollars on tote bags, stress balls, fidget spinners, and other trinkets, or what they call swag. It's a term I learned in tip. I go to these tip conferences, and people say, bring your swag. I say, what's swag? Well, you know, if you have a mug or a T-shirt. <clears throat> or PENS, P-E-N-S, PENS. Ernst says, folks, it's time we bag the swag and end this unnecessary taxpayer-funded propaganda. You know something? You know why they spend all this money? Because they have it. The government is a deep pocket, so they just keep asking, asking, asking. It's the same way that churches get constant. Get, our church at Glad Tidings just keep constant calls, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. They've been sucking meth up their their nose and hauling heroin up their butt and uh into the jail and just doing all kinds of funky stuff and then but but by God if they need a diaper or they need some formula or 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 they just come out can glad or they want to bury their dead baby, they think we ought to pay for it. Check this out. This this just I'm telling you. Each month, Joni Ernst publicizes examples of wasteful spending as part of the Squeal Awards. Here's, a, here's some. $356 million is sitting unused in the Federal Election Commission's presidential campaign fund. $30 million, the Department of Defense, DOD, Spent buying computer equipment. This just makes me freak out. Almost makes me want to do drugs again. Spent buying computer equipment manufactured by Chinese companies that are vulnerable to hacking by the People's Liberation Army. We buy 30 million. We give them 30 million dollars. They give us equipment that that is easily hacked by their army. 10.6 10.6 million in bonuses paid by the Pentagon to a firm that failed to provide essential parts purchased by the government for Air Force and Navy fighter, fighter. So we buy products that cannot be used, but we pay 10.6 million in bonuses to the firm. Do you think any of these people would do that out of their private money with this kind of performance? Do you think people would buy all this swag? Stuff, tote bags, keychains, pens, wristbands. I'm trying to think of all the other weird stuff you can buy. Mugs. I didn't know there was a temporary ban on spending provisions uh, on particular project. In other words, you can't. Spend on projects that benefit family members, friends, and campaign donors as senators and representatives. I I don't even think they're following that. All these these people over here on these Russian operations, those are all benefiting family members. She wants to eliminate the federal tax code provision that allows senators and representatives to deduct, deduct, up to $3,000 from their annual tax bill. <clears throat> for living expenses associated with their work in the nation's capital, we've come a long ways, baby, from people donating their time. She, she, uh, the Governmental Affairs Committee approved the Stop Wasteful Advertising by the Government Act. The Swag Bill prohibits the purchase and distribution of swag merchandise such as buttons, coloring books, keychains or koozies by federal agencies unless explicitly authorized by the Congress. I'm telling you, it's just a constant. It, I had somebody the other day complaining about paying their taxes. I get it. I pay mine, but I get it. I, I'm I am sympathetic. I am sympathetic. Oh, let's see. Where are we now? Hey, I want to mention, um, <clears throat> I was thinking about all the contractors. You would think about essential serg- services. I was, I pulled up next to a plumber today. I was running some errands. I thought, is that essential service? I had a plumber sitting right next to me. Looked over at him. He was like busy doing something there in the front seat waiting for the light to come his way. I definitely think plumbing's is essential service. It's essential essential for me so i hope they don't lay off any of those guys that come tell them to go home but the guys i usually call is this plumbing doctor i had them over here fixing a faucet for me and i had a toilet that came undone underneath stuff just wears out around here just like me i'm i got people surrounding me fixing me took my car in the other day got some new tires i think i was going to oh i need to i'm going to tell you about that <clears throat> Well, anyway, let me finish telling you about plumbing, doctor, and then I'll tell you my my tire story. So, if you you need some plumbing done, plumbing doctor can make it there in twenty four hours a day. They give you a quote on it, so you're not going to get a changing bill, right? Like a gas, like when you know how you, when you you put the thing in your gas tank and you pull it, click it, and it runs. That that meter just keeps running, right? until it turns itself off you don't know where that thing's going to end up they don't do it that way at the plumbing doctor they just give you a quote on what's going to happen they fix it and uh so if you want to get a hold of them you can call them at 530-671-9111 530-671-9111 so anyway i went over to uh i was getting my car serviced and um they said, Oh, I had a number of things. I had some, well, you know, I won't get into all the details are unimportant, unimportant, but I got the, some things done at the Honda dealership and they said, Oh, your tires are looking a little rough. So anyway, I went over to Neil's tire out on Live Oak Boulevard because I bought tires there for years. And when I would start work out to glad tidings, Neil kind of started his store there and I'd drive by every day and said, oh, there's a, there's an East Indian Punjabi guy. His name's Neil. And he would always be out there, and they were putting uh, putting tires on cars. And, and it wasn't a fancy place, but they did seem to always be busy. So uh, anyway, we um, I drove in there, and I said, hey, Neil, what's going on? I said, Honda says these tires are looking a little rough. So anyway— he said, "Hey, uh, let me order those. They'll be here in a few hours, and come back, and then we'll put them on." So I did that. I went home, dinged around a little bit. Boom, went back over there, and they said, "We got them." And so I was talking to Neil while they put them on, and I said, "Neil, h- how did you end up in the tire business?" The guy's really a sharp guy. So I said, "You know, a lot of Punjabis, you know, they're very—they go, they're highly educated people. They—they're bankers or they're farmers or doctors or lawyers or they do all kinds of stuff, right?" They're They're cool people. And so I said, Neil, how'd you get here? He says, Lou, he said, I came here as an immigrant. And he said, I just took a job. And I took any job I could get. And uh, I was working for my, uh, I think he said his brother or relative. And he said, I learned to put on tires. I said, how'd you end up in the tire business? How do you learn how to even do this? He said, I started putting on tires when I first came here from India. And uh, I needed a job, and so I learned how to, I learned how to do tires. And and he said one day, I don't know whether he got laid off, something happened, and he went into some government agency, and they, they, uh, I don't know whether he was getting unemployment or whatever. And, and the gal made some kind of uh, negative remark about, are you going to go on welfare or something? And he told the lady, he said, you know something, I came to this country to work. That's why I came here to work and to be successful. And I, he said, I have no no intention of going on welfare. I I have an intention of making a living here and doing well here. And he walked out and he decided to open up his own tire shop because he didn't want to have employment problems. So if you're working for yourself, you don't have employment. You've always something, got something to do. So Neil explained how... He took two thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, to start his own business, <clears throat> and um, now he's very successful. He said he has three children: one is a doctor, one is attorney or teacher, professor, and one they were all very, very. One maybe works for the government or Social Security or something like that. Anyway, they're very. Very, all of them college graduate, highly accomplished, all paid for and supported by Neil Tire. Isn't that cool? And he said to me, he said, Lou, he said, I watch people. He said, I work here every day. I'm here every single day overseeing this business. And he says, I see people every day walk by here that could get a job. And could start and they could have their own their own business, but they just don't want to. And he just shook his head. You know, it's very clear for foreigners coming to this country what's wrong with this country. We have actually, you know, we talk a lot about disabilities. We actually change, cut out, you know, we've spent millions and millions of dollars to be helpful to people with disabilities. And we make these ramps and... Uh, you know, we cut out all the corners, of the curbs, and we make these ramps, and we have these audio things at the electronic crossing areas to speak to people, and we have things in Braille. We all have all these things to be helpful to disabled people, but then we actually do the worst disability of all is we handicap people. We cripple people intellectually by giving them something for nothing by handouts. And Neil, Neil was, in his own way, expressing how we would destroy people by giving them something for nothing. And think we're doing them a favor. But what we're really doing is destroying their very life. And Neil just shook his head. And I, I, there was a guy that he had used to work there. And um, I, he used to have his own tire shop. But I, I said, oh, you remember that guy? He used to have a tire shop over in Pelour. And he said, yeah, I do. He said, you know, Lou, he worked very hard. He was he he was a very unhappy person. And um, he he worked very hard for many years and had nothing to show for it. He just, you know, some people aren't meant to run a business. My dad always ran his own business. He, he never worked for anybody. He ran his own business from the time I ever first remember him. And uh, he was always independent. It takes a lot of work, but he was like he was like the uh, the Neil of the butchering of meat, meat cutting. And that's really what America is made of. And like this turn, this closing up shop of you know I have heard heard some of these people are having to shut down these restaurants or cut back every business that has perishable items like perishable food, vegetables, meats cheeses all that stuff that stuff is all going to spoil every bit of it It, and even if it doesn't spoil and has to be given away that money is all an expense of the business these restaurants they are all geared up for a certain amount of customers a day it's going to break the back of these businesses because of the screwy thinking of administrators running this uh, state running this state and every other state they don't they could have done it a different way And um, they are going to destroy business after business after business and expand government. Like the clip we played at the beginning of the show, this is a great opportunity to create socialism and where government is the answer to everything that, you know, we'll take care of you from now on. You just do what we tell you and we will take care of your bills. And all you have to do is show up and go over here and do that and do this and do that. But what, what what the motto is in all the communist countries that it's failed, all socialism has failed, they will tell you the government pretends to pay you and the people pretend to work. So um, it's coming to the end of this show. So this is um, – we'll see you in a week. And if you have any comments or uh, you like the show, put the word out. Let people other people know. We'll just get a little head of steam here. And uh, we're moving, I guess next week will be our 52nd show, which will be one year of doing podcasts, which I never thought I'd do that in my life. But it's just one of a long list of things that are a surprise to me. So if you run into somebody this week that you don't know, treat them really well because there there might be an angel and you just don't know it. All right. God bless you. We're
0: so glad
9: to see so many of you
0: lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show, and remember, people, at